Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into a Monday, 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 uh, episode 11 edition of the Hooper's Log. It is your Monday edition here, episode 11. Yeah, we are here on episode 11 in the Pacific Northwest. Andrew Norris cannot make it with us today. He has some technical difficulties. Uh, he'll try to make it on with us tomorrow. If not, we'll do the show. So we're going solo. We're riding solo today. Yeah, that's right. We're riding solo today on the Hooper's Log. If you'd like to call in, there's plenty of airspace. Again, 323-642-1558 is the number here in the FanDuel Studios for CLNS Radio on episode 11. We haven't put any shows up on the podcast recently just based upon the fact that we have just not had that much of content. We might put up our Cleveland Cavalier insider Justin Rowan from last week up, but I'm not thinking we're going to do so. We're about a week and a half away from Thanksgiving where we will take a four-day vacation on Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and then obviously the weekend. So we, we're kind of going down the grind mode right now. We're midway through the month of November. The players of the week should be coming out for the third week of the NBA season that just wrapped up last week. I'm going to take a guess at a couple of guys, and I, think, and I, think, I don't think I'm stretching too far when I say this. I'm thinking co-players of the week this week on one team, the Sacramento Kings and – they have probably DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo as co-players of the week. Rajon Rondo had three triple-doubles last week, and then you have a guy in DeMarcus Cousins who went off these last two games. He's been unbelievable. He's had two whiteboard-width performances the last two games he's played. I think he's going to average out and get that player of the month with Rajon Rondo. If not, it's going to be one of the two. It's going to be one of the two. I think Rajon Rondo is more likely because of the triple-double. But that's what, what I feel is going to happen. And in the Eastern Conference, I think LeBron James is going to get uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month. They've just been on fire. He's been playing outstanding basketball. He's been on the whiteboard performance constantly. That's not the only reason why. He's just played outstanding basketball. I think he's going to be the guy to get in there. Again, listening in to CLNS Radio here live on the FanDuel website. Again, if you want to join FanDuel today, get in, get out. Celtics, get, get a promo code for Celtics, C-E-L-T-I-C-S, and you can sign up today and, get, and match your first $200 to play for FanDuel now. Go, go to FanDuel.com today and find it and get it going and start doing these daily FanDuel. I know they're having some problems right now with FanDuel, considering the fact that the whole like cease and desist letter, they're kind of freaking out about that. But don't worry about it. It'll be fine. It'll all work itself out, and everything will be fine, and everything will be okay. Again, the phone number, if you'd like to call in and talk about this last weekend in the NBA or even college basketball, feel free to call in. The phone number is 323 642 
1558. A couple other things real quick. CMO Buckets is my name. My website is cmobuckets.com. If you want to check out any prior episodes, some podcasts, or anything of that nature, or even just check out any prior shows from not just the Hooper's Log, from shows that I've done in the past, go there to cmobuckets.com. I do do a show here in the West, North Pacific Northwest. It does rain quite a bit, and if I skip, and if it doesn't work very well for me, and if you start hearing me skip throughout it's the podcast, rain. I know, Ollie, I know. If, if I start skipping throughout the show, you'll understand why. The weather here is terrible. I do my show for my phone, and if I cut out in and out, it's going to happen. It will be the case from time to time throughout the year but that's just kind of a warning and a heads up for you. We got quite a recap today. I mean, we have quite a recap. One thing before we get into our recap. I mean, can, can we really can we really just deem that the that the uh Philadelphia 76ers are done? Can, can we do that? Is is that is that a possibility? I, I think I, yeah, this is the this is the this is the uh Philadelphia 76ers theme song right now. It's uh it's it's uh they they're, they're Oh and ten, people. Oh and ten. You've got to be kidding me, right? I mean, you're talking about an NBA National Basketball Association ball club. Oh and ten. Yeah, I, I said it. I said it. We're oh and ten. It's a complete joke. And I think that the Philadelphia 76ers should be deemed dead and uh, pronounced dead at arrival because they haven't shown up at all this season. When you start off a season 0-10, your chances of doing anything this season are down the drain. This is our song to the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, Kevin Hart, bring us home. Let's get it going. Let's get this show on the road. Recap all right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Speaking of the Philadelphia 76ers, they got their doors blown off by a guy like Russell Westbrook on Friday. Uh, that was their ninth loss of the season, if not their tenth. They have not played well, as I've mentioned. And uh, the Philadelphia 76ers just, they're done. So uh, let's get away from them, and let's get to the other parts of the NBA world from last night. Speaking of uh, basketball, one upset in the, co- in the college basketball world that happened this past weekend was Wisconsin. As they lost on Friday, the first game of the season for them, and they lose to Western Illinois 69-67. Upset city for West Wisconsin as they were the 16th ranked team in the country coming into this season, and they lose their first game of the year to Western Illinois. Upset city for them. They are now out of the top 25 as the new polls just come out today. Uh, it's going to be one of those things where it's just like, all right, they're, they're, they're not going to do so well, and if they get off the starts like this, good luck and good riddance. Uh, going into the NBA, there were 11 games on Friday. Minnesota and Indiana. Indiana got the win, 107-103. to 103. Talk about a game there for Indiana. They're, they're starting to play well again. Again, they're a team right now. You're looking at a team now in Indiana, 6-4 and four in the Eastern Conference. They're starting to put all their bags together. They've won three in a row. They're playing really, really good basketball. And it's a team where you can start saying, okay, they got a legitimate shot at doing something in the Eastern Conference, especially when they beat a young team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's the case for them. I think they're going to do okay, and I think they're going to do well. By the way, speaking of white boy, the performances. There were 14 this weekend. There were five on Friday, six on Saturday, and three on Sunday. And we'll mention all of those here in the show today. And, again, if you'd like to call in and talk about the weekend basketball, 323-642-1558. We're recapping the world of basketball here over the last weekend. Utah and Orlando, this was one of those games to watch based upon the youth and the, and the potential of these players. Utah, they lost 93-102 to to Orlando. Orlando got the win. Utah had an unbelievable game on Sunday, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. 
But, man, you talk about a team in Orlando that's really starting to find its stride as a young ball club. I mean, this team, yeah, I don't think they're a – I don't think they are a playoff team considering all the teams right now in the Eastern Conference that are playing well. They're 5-6. and six. They, Like I said, they easily could be a team that could be 7-8-3 and three right now. They could be 8-3. and three. They could be a team right there battling for a, for a top spot in the Eastern Conference, but they've just come so close, and that's the difference in the NBA. When you are that close and that just – when you become that close – that's when you're not quite good enough. Orlando's not quite good enough, but they are a really, really good ball club to play uh, and, and watch throughout this year, as you can tell. Obviously, five and six isn't going to cut it right now this early in the season, but trust me, later on down the road, they're still going to be a contending team for a playoff spot. Atlanta played Boston on Friday, and Boston got the win 106-93. to 93. You talk about a team in Boston who's now won two in a row. I did a pregame, postgame show for them yesterday with Corey Prescott here on CLNS Radio. And we talked about some pretty impressive things about this Boston Celtics team. First of all, last night, obviously, if you saw it, they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 185. An absolute domination fest in the fourth quarter. But this game on Mon- on Friday where Atlanta could not quite show up, 106-93, to 93, Boston gets the victory. And they've now won two in a row, Boston, beating the Atlanta Hawks and the Oklahoma City Thunder, two teams that are legitimate contenders in either of their respective conferences. Atlanta's now lost two in a row. They lost to Boston on Friday, and then they also lost to Utah in that game I was about to mention. And and that Utah game, they lost 97-96 to Utah in the final shot. It was one of those games where it could have gone either way. Obviously, Paul Millsap shot an open mid-range jumper from the corner, and he just missed it. And that would have given Atlanta the win if he would have made that basket. That was one of those games where it was back and forth, and you saw a growth team in Utah pick it up. If Andrew was here, I'd ask him questions, but he's not, and that's okay. But – it was one of those games where I saw a kind of a recap of the fourth quarter. Utah has found a way, and, and I'm going to segue real quick so that I can talk about this game. Utah is one of those teams now where you're starting to see guys like Trey Burks, excuse me, uh, Alec Burks, Trey Burke, and then you're seeing a guy in Derek Favors, three guys, where you're starting to see them transform into guys that are go-to guys in the clutch. Trey Burks last, excuse me, Alec Burks, their, their names are so familiar. Trey Burke, Alec Burks. Alec Burks is one of those guys that can get to the rim at will on multiple occasions. Again, multiple times I saw last night in the Utah and Atlanta game where I saw Alec Burks find a way to slither his way to the rim and find a way to just get baskets when it was needed. Derek Favors made a couple of clutch jumpers in the final couple of minutes of the ball game, and Trey Burks kept, kept Trey Burke kept that team in the ball game. These three guys for this Utah Jazz team, and that's not even mentioning Rudy Gobert, who's just a dominant force down low. Those three guys in Favors, Burks, and Burke are three guys that are starting to transform their game and turn themselves into players that are legitimate forces in the NBA. Rudy Gobert is already at that level where he's kind of on the verge of being an ultimate force in the NBA. But now you're looking at a complete team where you got guys coming off the bench like Rodney Hood, other couple of players like that that, get, that are starting to really generate their roles on this team and play a positive impact. That's the kind of stuff that will transform your team into a playoff team or a contender later on down the road with where they're at in their stepping stone. Their stepping stone so far has looked outstanding. Again, Utah is a team that is 5-5 five five in the Western Conference right now. They have played mediocre basketball. They've won one, lost one, won one, lost one, but their defense is going to keep it in it. They're a top-five team in defense still, 91.8 points per game on the defensive side of the floor. They're tied with the Spurs right now. That should give you an indication of just how good this Utah team, Utah team can be. 
second best team tied for first basically in the Western Conference with the San Antonio Spurs and opposing opposing field goal per, uh, uh, excuse me points per game opposing points per game and compared to the Eastern Conference where the Miami Heat have 90.2 you're looking at a team in the Utah Jazz where honestly if they just find a way to generate a little bit more offense which they're going to find with with Alec Burks and a guy in Derek Favors as well you're looking at a team now that can really contend with anybody in the NBA and that is saying a lot considering there are many teams above them and the Clippers it's the Thunder, the Spurs, Warriors. You're talking about a team that now, if they can contend with anybody playing their defense, that's when they start to. They, that's when they can start transforming their brand of basketball and really impacting the floor like no other team in the NBA, just based upon their defense alone. Offense obviously is going to be the struggle throughout the year because some of the guys still aren't there. But you're starting to see the transformation. And a game like last night when they beat Atlanta, um, or excuse me, on on last night on a Sunday the way they beat them and the way they handled them um, throughout the game. And it, definitely in the fourth quarter when they made their comeback, you saw a game where you saw the Utah Jazz really take that next step and take that next momentum shift. Obviously they lost to Orlando on Friday. You're going to see things like that. You're going to see an Orlando team take that next step and play well at certain times. And Utah is in that same category. These are two teams that down the road, if they keep growing and doing what they're doing, they're scary teams to play right now. They're in their kind of their, their infant stages of, of greatness. And you're seeing a Utah Jazz team where, especially in a night like last night, that they can still contend with – not still, but they can contend with anybody. And if you can contend with anybody in the NBA, you're better off than not. And that's, that's where they're at right now, and the defense is what's keeping them in it throughout this year so far. So Atlanta lost to Boston. They also lost to Utah on Sunday. A couple other games real quick. Oh, one, one white forward performance in that Boston-Atlanta game, Isaiah Thomas, 23 points. Ten assists, five rebounds, and two steals. He got a 50 on the whiteboard with the performance. That's pretty much the benchmark of what you can get is a 50 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. He had a great night in that one on Friday. Cleveland and New York. Cleveland got the win, 90-84. to 84. LeBron James' team went 8-1 after this game. Talk about a team that's just playing so well with so little to play with. Obviously, they don't have Kyrie Irving and Iman Shumpert yet. Uh, Pelicans could not contend with the Raptors. They lost 181. I apologize for the sound in the background. We have some uh, some uh, stuff going on when it comes to uh, maintenance in the yard, and uh, there's people just deciding to be very respectful about this. And uh, I apologize in advance for that. Um, but um, but we have the New Orleans Pelicans. They lost 181 to the uh, excuse me to the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors getting the win 181 over the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously, just not enough firepower for the Pelicans as they can't get it done there on Friday night. Charlotte and Chicago, another interesting game as Chicago finally gets another victory, 102-97. to Chicago's finally starting to kind of come around a little bit. They're 6-3. and They're one of the more, like, they're one of the more just underappreciated 6-3 and teams in the NBA. This weekend, they kind of proved themselves again that they're still in it. They're still a team that can, be, that can play, with, with, play with bad teams and beat bad teams. Charlotte's not a bad team, but they're a team that's not anything special and Chicago is still a team that's considered special in the Eastern conference. They're kind of on the, you know, they're kind of like the Memphis Grizzlies of the, of the of the Eastern conference They're the NBA could be passing them up, but they're still a really, really good ball club and they can contend with most teams in the NBA, Portland and Memphis. This had a game winner last night. You talk about a game that had a weekend with very few game winners. This one had one from Zach Randolph. Crab guards the inbounds from Jeff Green. Conley, Gasol, pitch out, three for the lead by Lee, rimming, no, Randolph, block, puts it in, yes, yes, Randolph, with six tenths of a second, 
Zach Randolph putting the tip in. It was one of those. It was one of the craziest finishes I've seen in a while. Zach Randolph's game winner at the pretty much at the buzzer. Point six left. Memphis getting the win. One hundred one hundred one to one hundred over Portland. Again, a tough loss for Portland as they played a really good game and they did enough to win the ball game. It's just Memphis found a way to grind themselves back into a victory. Portland's now lost five in a row. They've lost two in a row over the weekend, but they've lost five in a row. And the last time they won a game was not this last Thursday, but the second Thursday of the NBA season. That's the last time they won a ball game. At that point, they were four and two. Shocking the NBA was what they were doing. And then all of a sudden, in the last five games that they've played, they, they, have, they just can't win a ball game. They can't find a way to finish. And it's not to say that they haven't been competitive or they haven't been in ball games. They just can't win. They can't get over that hump and win a ball game. And that's the part that the Portland Trailblazers are going to struggle with throughout the year because they just don't have enough firepower. They're a lot like what Oklahoma City is right now. Obviously, they have Russell Westbrook, who's a superstar. So does Portland. They have Damian Lillard, but that's about it right now. When Oklahoma City doesn't have Kevin Durant, that's exactly what the Portland Trailblazers are. Now, I'll give you this. Oklahoma City has a way better, more talented team overall than Portland. But Portland is kind of set up similar. They have one superstar and a bunch of really solid players, but they're not going to do anything special for you. That's exactly what Oklahoma, that's exactly what Oklahoma City is when they don't have Kevin Durant. And obviously Oklahoma City getting the win over the Philadelphia 76ers, 102-85. to Russell Westbrook, another monster triple-double, 21 points, 17 rebounds, 11 assists, and three steals. 63 on the overall whiteboard-worthy performance scale. He absolutely dominated this weekend in the NBA. Obviously, another big one performance by him. And um, the, the Portland Trailblazers, though, getting back to their point, 0-5. And, and they're 4-7 and now in the NBA, 0-5 in the last five. And it, uh, Memphis, they got two wins over this weekend that really solidified my opinion on them going forward, at least for the next month. They beat Memphis. They beat Portland in a way that they beat them, which was close. But then their ultimate litmus test on Sunday where they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, 114-106. to 106. That win helped, could help you understand and see now that obviously the young Bucks in – excuse me, the young Timberwolves in Minnesota could – they're still a good ball club, but they're just not quite there yet. And Memphis still has some punch in their step. They're still a good team, obviously, and, and when they can beat a team like Minnesota the way they did by 114 to 106 on Sunday and obviously hold in with Portland, they still got some firepower. Do I think they have a chance at winning a title now? I don't think so. But are they a team that can legitimately just wreak havoc on others? Absolutely. These, this weekend proved that. They're a team now where they're hovering around a, you know, they're hovering around a playoff spot. They're five and six. Obviously, they've gotten off to a slow start, but winning two in a row is going to help you do that. And with the team that they have put together, I still think they can make the postseason and they can make a run and do something. It just depends on how far they're going to go. Again, they don't have that, that, that scorer to get them over the top. And we've been saying that all year, and that's going to be a problem all year unless they make a trade here in February or before. Outside of that, this team in Memphis, they, I think after this weekend, they've proven to me that they can still do something in the NBA and that they can still be a legitimate force and wreck some havoc on some teams. You saw that this weekend in the game over Portland, and then you also saw that in the game over Minnesota. Obviously, like I mentioned, Oklahoma City getting the win 102 to 85. Russell Westbrook had a white forward performance. Uh, you could make the case he made yeah, the performance of the night with the best triple double because Rajon Rondo had another triple double and a 111 109 win over the Brooklyn Nets. Rajon Rondo had a white forward performance 23 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds, and two steals. A triple double for him. And he had 63 on the white forward performance scale as well. 
DeMarcus Cousins had a whiteboard with performance in that one as well. 40 points and 13 rebounds. He had a double-double with cheese, bacon, you know, you name it. He had it all. And DeMarcus Cousins, again, 53 on the whiteboard with performance scale, automatically getting in with that 40-point performance at his spot. This was a crazy game from the perspective of DeMarcus Cousins was dominating from all ends of the court. He was driving the rack. Yes, center, driving the rack, shooting threes from the outside, shooting mid-range games, fadeaways, getting down low and dunking. He was doing it all. I mean, he really was doing it all from the big man position. It was really an odd sight to see. But when you give a guy confidence and when you give a guy, you know, a no, a nothing to lose attitude like DeMarcus Cousins, you're going to see games like this from time to time. And you saw it last in that game against the Brooklyn Nets team that's still struggling severely in this young NBA season. But you saw a team in the Sacramento Kings that found some confidence that night and has found a way to just absolutely, just absolutely find a way to, to, to catch their stride on against, against a bad team at home, and they did so in that one. Uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks getting a victory over the Los Angeles Lakers, 90-82. to Obviously, Los Angeles still not there, but Dallas starting to pick up their, their stride a little bit, starting to get something going, get something moving. Uh, it was interesting to see. Another weird game. There were four games in the NBA that were really strange this weekend, games that were strange from the perspective of outcome expectation. And what happened in this one against Houston and Denver is a head-scratcher. Denver winning by 9, 107-98. James Harden had a great game, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. He got a 51 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. But it's interesting because if you looked at the box score and you saw overall what happened, you saw a Denver team that you saw a Denver team that can compete with, you know, it looked like they can compete with anybody. And they didn't have very many guys that had great games. The only guy who had a good game was Barton. And outside of Will Barton's performance, I mean, Dwight Howard had a double-double. James Harden had the performance he had. You know, a couple other guys played well. They just had Denver had one guy who played well off the bench. Everyone else kind of played so-so. And they still dominated the Houston Rockets in this one. Again, they won by nine. Or, yeah, they won by nine points. And it's just strange to see a team like Houston now, four and six. Obviously, with the way they played this weekend, they've lost two in a row now. And, and against some bad teams. I mean, Houston has had the weirdest weekend of everybody. They lost to, they lost to Denver. And then the very next night, they go in and play Dallas, and Dallas is, is playing well recently. But Houston, they, they lost by 12 in this one. And, and, and James Harden had another great game in that one. We'll get into that game later. But it's, it's one of those weird weekends where a team that is so deep in the Houston Rockets is now 4-6 and six in this young season. And in the Western Conference, whenever you f- find yourself having to trail back and have to, have to climb to get back into the standings, you're going you're gonna to struggle more often than not. Denver right now is hovering around – an eighth spot in the Western Conference. We didn't expect to see that. And when you can't maintain your level of success like the Rockets need to do, because they're a team where, let's be honest, a couple of years ago, they were a team that was looked at as one of the more overrated teams in the NBA because they would never take that next step. Last year, they made the step of, okay, we just need to improve our bench and improve certain parts to really get to where we need to go because they got to the Western Conference Finals last year for a reason. They're a really good ball club. They're talented. They're unbelievable. They have great talent everywhere all over the floor. But when you don't utilize that talent and, and, and for some reason your bench isn't carrying their part of the defense, you're going to lose games. This team needs to find a way to play better defensively. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. They're giving up 108 points per game. That's like bottom five in the NBA. That's awful. 
bottom two. They're actually the second worst team in the NBA when it comes to defensive points allowed per game, 108. That's what's going to do it right there. You can't win ball games in the NBA if you can't stop teams on defense. It's just that simple. Like, I mean, yeah, I know it's, I know the whole goal is to outscore the other team, and that's how it is in every sport. But when you give up 108 points per game, you're not going to win ball games. It's just that simple. So obviously, Houston had a strange weekend this weekend. Saturday was a was a was a different outcome of what we expected. Obviously, uh, wipe away the performances. There were, all five of them were mentioned there for Friday. For Saturday, there were six of them, seven games, six wipe away the performances. Uh, Detroit and Los Angeles. I wanted to get I wanted to get Andrew's take on this. I wish he was on the show. I would have wanted to hear his opinion on the new, on the Los Angeles Clippers and Detroit Pistons game, but that's okay. Um, this was actually a really good ball game. Detroit clearly is not playing well right now. They're a team where they've lost four out of the last five games. They have not been playing well uh, as of late. I mean, they started off the season hot. They were a team that was coming in playing great basketball, undefeated. They went into Golden State. Ever since they lost to Golden State, they just haven't looked the same. They've lost four in a row. I mean, obviously, Andre Drummond's still putting up 15 and 15. He's still playing outstanding basketball. But everyone else has kind of fallen off a little bit. Their defense is starting to kind of uh, slack a little bit. Obviously, they gave up 101 to to Los Angeles uh, over the weekend. And uh, last night, I believe, they played – I think that was the only game they played over the weekend was against the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, But they've also had a kind of a brutal stretch where they've had to play a lot of games in a short amount of time. And finally, they got some rest, and they could not do it. And then the night after that, it was another strange game. They lost to another Los Angeles team, the Lakers. They lost by 12 to the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday. I mean, obviously, DeAndre Jordan Drummond is still playing well. But when you lose by 12 to the Lakers on, on a Sunday night, that's odd. And that's, and that's kind of the point of, you know, I, again, I wish Andrew was here. I wish Andrew could hear to, to kind of to break it down and talk about it. But this Pistons team, I mean, they're still good enough to make the postseason. What they've shown me early on is that they're definitely talented enough and they have the skill set to stay within a playoff contention spot in the Eastern Conference. And they can do that. Obviously, they lost to both Los Angeles teams this weekend. It doesn't help when Blake Griffin goes for 34 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds, and 2 steals, 62 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. And then Jamal Crawford goes off for 37, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds, and a 59. That's not going to help you play against the Los Angeles Clippers. But if those guys would have had more regular games, then you're probably talking about a Detroit team that would have gotten a victory last night. Because, to be honest, the Clippers are just a better ball club overall. They just are. They're just a better ball club. And they're starting to show their, their signs again of being a really good ball club. They're 6-4. and four. They won that game last uh, on Saturday night. And that was a huge one. Because, again, Detroit is a talented ball club. They've played well for a reason. They're not just a fluke. They are a good team. And I think that this is kind of just a minor stepping spot for them. I think they're going to pick themselves up coming into this week, and I think they're going to play a pretty good brand of basketball. Another game from the weekend on Saturday, Orlando and Washington. Uh, Orlando losing to Washington. Obviously, this is the second game of a back-to-back. A tough team in Utah. They beat them, and then the next night, Washington comes in. Or they go into Washington, and they beat them. You talk about a tough game for Orlando there. They couldn't quite get the victory. Obviously, John Wall and the boys getting it there. Dallas and Houston, I mentioned that game. Again, James Harden getting a whiteboard with performance, 25 points. 10 assists, 7 rebounds, and 2 steals. 54 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. But Dallas loses. They win again. Again, everyone on the starting lineup for the Houston Rockets played well. Played well. And the bench just found a way to not stop them. Their defense could not do anything. This is the, this is the problem Houston is going to run into most of the season. If they can't stop teams on defense, which is more often than not, then they're going to find themselves do, doing this a lot more than we think. 
they're a team that's talented. They have the they have the depth to score. They have the depth to stay competitive. They have all that. But when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, if they can't find a way to ultimately just dictate themselves and, and run their pace of game while slowing down the opponent, they're going to lose more games than not. That's just what's going to happen, and that's what we're going to see. And I mentioned that already. And when they have great performances from their starting lineup, but no one else shows up and plays defense or even really does anything, they're going to lose ball games. That's just what's going to happen, and that's what happened in this one against Dallas. As Dallas gets another victory, again, Dallas won two in a row this weekend. They played really, really well this weekend. And if they keep playing this way and put their heads up and, and start really starting to you know, grind it out and win ball games this way, they're going to be a team that's going to be tough to contend with because they have the talent to do so. It just depends on if the, that talent can stay you know, revived and up, up to the task because they're an older bunch. I mean, Dallas is an older bunch. They're not a young squad by any means. And with the way Dallas played and got the victory this weekend, I mean, you're looking at a team in Dallas where they could seriously just stay in the hunt, hang around. They could be like Memphis from last year. They could hang around and just destroy some team's dreams late in the year. That could be the case, and that could happen multiple times a season. Cleveland, they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. Their first loss since opening night to the Chicago Bulls in late October. Yeah, it's been almost it's been almost two weeks since the since the Cleveland Cavaliers lost the ball game. They're now eight and two on the season. They lost 108 to 105 in double overtime to the Milwaukee Bucks. LeBron James, 37 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, and three blocks. Obviously, a bunch of other guys having good performances because of the double overtime. But LeBron James had some really questionable comments that I really wanted to get to. And the reason why they were questionable is because, first of all, it's just interesting to hear a guy say something to this nature and, and, and really believe it when, in actuality, his team is outstanding. Listen to these comments real quick. I'll cut it off around two minutes. It's just. Around what's your take about this uh, game with so many twists and turns to it? Uh, well, we gave ourselves a, a chance to win, but you know, 20 turnovers for 26 points on the road, not ingredients for winning. So we dug ourselves a hole. We also uh, we gave up 15 offensive rebounds, and actually eight of those offensive rebounds came before the first time out in the game. Um, so we got to do a better job on the road for sure, taking care of the ball. I'm including myself. I mean, I had seven out of them, um, out of our 20 turnovers. You know, it's almost a one-to-one ratio as far as, you know, assist to turnovers and that's not good for our, for our team. We're still awaiting uh, from the officials the explanation of the inadvertent whistle, but can you walk us through that sequence? Because you just had the block shot there at the end of the first overtime. Uh, well, Coach said if we get a stop, uh, then go ahead and go, you know, because they might expect us to call a timeout. And, uh, you know, we got a stop. Delhi got the board. I'll let it to me, and I was, I was in full steam, and uh, we had an inadvertent whistle. Uh, so I'm guessing that they heard someone call a timeout, but, you know, the rules, I know the rules, and the rules is only the head coach can call the timeout, and Coach Black didn't call a timeout. So, you know, but it's over and done with now. Do you have numbers at that point? Um, well, they they was kind of relaxed, and I, and I was headed up the left side of the floor uh, with a head of steam, and, uh, you know, but that's not why we lost the game, but, you know, it's something that you wish you could have back. LeBron, what are you guys going to look to improve for your upcoming game with Detroit and the rematch with Milwaukee next week? Uh, I mean, we got to improve every aspect of our game. Uh, you know, we're not a great team right now. Uh, we're, what? we're a good team, but we have to improve on a lot of things, uh, you know, in order for us to get better and play at a high level every night. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. LeBron just said his team was not a great team right now. Are you uh, – did, did, did everyone hear that? Did everyone hear that part of what he just said? He just said his team is not a great team right now. LeBron, 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 
your team is eight and two in ten games. LeBron, you came into this season without Kyrie Irving. You came into the season without one of your big three. Kevin Love coming into this year was in better shape as we've seen, but Kevin Love is not was not really the major factor of what you did last year. So coming into this year, people thought if you just kind of treaded water and, and, and found yourself to hold on until Kyrie Irving and Amon Shepard come back and you get your full squad back, that you're going to do some things. LeBron, you won eight in a row, and this is your first loss since opening night to Chicago. Eight in a row, and you lost in a double overtime game against a team that, let's just be honest, has a lot of length, a lot of talent, and there's going to be nights where they're going to outperform others just based upon that, that added length that they have. And that's what happened. And that's going to happen from time to time. And after you've won eight in a row, and to make the comment of, yeah, okay, I understand where he's coming from on every night you've got to improve. That's how it is in the NBA. That's how it is in sports in general. But to make the comment that, to make the comment that you're not a great team, we're not a great team, you just said, oh, we're a good team. LeBron, your team is in first place in the Eastern Conference at 8-2, and two, and you're up by one full game without your all-stars point guard, your, your shutdown defender in Amon Shumper at the two guard. Your, your, your backcourt is in shambles right now. You have Mo Williams, a guy who is a, just a gunner. He is a guy who can just shoot the ball like no other. That's all he does. That's all he does is shoot the ball. And you're 8-2 and two in a conference with the Chicago Bulls, who have one of the better backcourts in the NBA, and Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler. Miami Heat, where they have, by the way, who are 6-3, and three, Miami Heat are 6-3. Miami Heat, who have a guy in, you know, Dwayne Wade, and they have uh, another, Jordan uh, Drogic. Toronto with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. The Atlanta Hawks with Jeff Teague and Kyle Korver. You're looking at, and you have Indiana with George Hill, and Monte Ellis, you're, you're talking about backcourts in the Eastern Conference that are dominant. And obviously Washington with John, John Wall and Bradley Beal, they're having their own struggles in other parts of, of the field. But you don't have that. You have Mo Williams and J.R. Smith. Mo Williams came from Charlotte last year and, uh, and Minnesota. He's been on three teams. and He's been on a lot of teams recently. But you're talking about a guy who is not a guy who can fill in and play an, an adequate point guard, if that makes sense. He can play the point guard position, he can play the guard position, he can shoot, he can score, he can do it all. But he's not going to dish the ball out and play that type of brand of basketball that Kyrie Irving is going to play and help you solidify for your team. J.R. Smith, come on, man. J.R. Smith is a guy that can shoot the ball, a guy that can get you points when needed, but he also takes erratic shots. He's improved on that, but he takes erratic shots. He's been proven to show that his IQ on the basketball court is not anywhere near spectacular. So you have a severe downgrade in your style of play, but your team is still eight and two and you're playing at an MVP level, LeBron. Everyone's forgetting about you because of the golden state warriors right now. I'm telling you if the golden state warriors had lost two games at this point, or they had gone eight and three, or they had gone nine and two to begin the season. Cause they're now 11 and zero, And I'll get to that in a second. But if they had started off a little bit like you have, LeBron, everyone would be talking about the Cavs right now because they don't have a Kyrie Irving or a Amon Shumpert. That is a huge loss to your ball club, and you're still contending with the higher of the higher. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And for you to say that your team is not great, you got to be kidding me with that. When they come back, if you guys lose, like, if you guys lose five games in a month, I will be shocked. Eight and two in ten games? 
without your starting backcourt is insane. That is an insane clip. And for you to make those comments, LeBron, is, is, is out of the ordinary. Just say we're a good team. Don't say just, – just say, look, we're a great team. We're going to be a better team with these two guys. Because you are. You're a great team right now. And it just, it just baffles me that the comments he made because I don't understand why he needs to feel that way about his team. His team is outstanding. They are playing outstanding basketball. And they lost a double overtime game to the likes of Milwaukee, who, let's be honest, we came into this year and we saw a Milwaukee team that could potentially make the postseason and go further depending upon where they are in their development. Obviously, they've got some development things that they need to show up, but Milwaukee getting the victory, I mean, you would expect games from this from them from time to time, and it's going to happen. You're going to see that. And for him to say, they're oh, not a great team, that's just, that's just baffling to me. Some other games from, from Saturday night, Philadelphia getting not winning over the Spurs, obviously not going to happen. The Spurs getting the win 92-83, to obviously Philadelphia still – 0-10 oh, on the season. I pronounced them dead at the beginning of the show. They are dead. They're, they're not going anywhere when it comes to winning ball games or being successful anytime soon. It's not going to happen this year. You can write it off right now. Put them to bed. 0-10 oh, beginning of the year. It's over for the Philadelphia 76ers. But one bright spot, and that's a guy in uh, Jaleel Okafor. He went 21-12 and in that game. This was one of those games where I wanted to have people look at the rookies and see how they would play. And Jaleel Okafor played outstanding. 21 points, 12 rebounds. You're talking about a guy who idolized Tim Duncan growing up, and you saw a guy who played a lot like Tim Duncan in this one. And it's not to say that Philadelphia played outstanding, but Jaleel Okafor played a a great brand of basketball. I thought he did an outstanding job down low in the post. I saw him play against Tim Duncan a couple of times, and I saw him make some moves where I was like, okay, this guy's legit. This guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NBA from years to come. Obviously, he's still a baby. He's only 19, 20 years old. But you give him a couple more years, get him until he's 22, 23, you're looking at a guy – who's going to be averaging 28 and 10 in no time. Cause that's what kind of player he is. That's how he's going to operate down low in the post. And he's got that outside game where it, for a big man, it's tantalizing and terrifying to see, but right now it's just not their time. The Spurs got the victory 92 to 83 in that one. Uh, Denver getting blown out of the building by Phoenix, 105 to 81. Emmanuel Moutier was tested in this one. He, he didn't even score. I think he only had like two points. He did have 10 assists, which is impressive, but he did not score. He played a very below-average Rajon Rondo-type game where he had a pretty good uh, clip passing the ball, getting the ball out to his players. But when you lose by when you lose by 25, I mean, that's or 24, that's just not going to happen. It's just not going to work for you. It's not going to be good enough. Um, he looked okay, but nothing special in a rookie game where I wanted to see Emmanuel Moutier play against that double, uh, that double guard uh, play against the Phoenix Suns, and, and they just got obliterated. Again, the Suns winning 105-81. to 81. Um, And then Brooklyn and Golden State, final in overtime, big-time game for Golden State. Again, they're now 11-0, undefeated in these first 11 games of the NBA season. Brooklyn played their best game of the year, to be honest. They played an outstanding game, and if they play this way the rest of the year, you can see a Brooklyn Nets winning 30 games. And that's saying something considering right now they're 1-9. I didn't pronounce them dead today because of the fact of how they played this game. You lose to Golden State in Golden State in overtime and lose by eight, and Jarrett Jack goes off for 28-9-4 and nine assists, four rebounds and two steals. That's a 52 on the whiteboard with a performance skill. That's an outstanding performance by Jarrett Jack, outstanding performance by him. It just doesn't help when a guy like Draymond Green gets a triple-double. 16 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, four blocks, and two steals. It's a triple-double, people. 56 on the whiteboard with a performance skill. Obviously, Steph Curry had 34 points, and I think he had eight assists, if I'm not mistaken. He had quite a bit. I think he had four or five assists, something like that. Either way, the point is, is 
this this team went off again, and they found a way to get it done and get a victory, as they've now won they've won eleven in a row. They've won all of their games at the beginning of the season, and they're looking really dominant doing so. They are. They're looking like a team that you know it, it's going to be tough to contend with them and play against them coming on down the stretch. They're just the team again where it's just it's just going to be one of those it's going to be one of those years where again they're going to get off to a hot start like they did last year again. Everyone's starting to trying to to, to upplay this team and be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to do something, yeah, because, because they're doing so well and they're playing so good and blah, 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 blah. People, this is what the Golden State Warriors did last season. They, they didn't do anything different last season that they're doing now. I mean, they came in this last year. They played hot. I believe they won 18 of their first 20 games of the season. They're on clip to do the exact same thing this year. There's nothing different that they're doing right now than that they were doing a year ago from right now. There's nothing different. And it's so funny to see them being anointed as being the next NBA champions already when you're seeing a team really kind of just, you know, hang around and do what they did last year. And if they were doing anything different, then cool. But they're really just kind of the same thing. And for Steph to say that they're still a better team, you know, a week ago, and to say that all these crazy things about what they're doing, it's it's just laughable. And it's interesting to see kind of the dynamic of how the media is trying to wrap their mind around what Steph Curry's doing in this team. I mean, they're just playing their brand of basketball, which is outside driven. Again, the NBA is becoming more outside driven. Nothing wrong with that. Just understand that that kind of mentality is going to die faster than not. It can succeed for a year. We saw it. And that's unbelievable. It shouldn't be that way, but it did. And it happened. But for that kind of game to, to, to take over in the NBA, good luck. Cause Honestly, the chances of that being the case and that being the, you know, the, the indication, it's, it's really just it, – it's a tough thing to live and die by and to understand and to see what can happen. By the way, I found a new soundbite for Steph Curry uh, this season. This is what I think of Steph Curry when he makes a shot. What's the matter Steph Curry in a nutshell. That's what Steph Curry does every time he shoots a basketball. I think of Stewart from – from uh, from Mad TV. For those of you, like, that's, that's literally Steph Curry every time he shoots a basketball. Like he acts like he's not a big deal, and he thinks that he's not the best thing. On, he, he he thinks that no one is respecting him, when in reality everyone is. He has this weird mindset of how he approaches the game, and it's just it, it rubs you the wrong way if you watch him. And I've mentioned that before. And if you want to listen to my my rant, go check out my podcast on my show uh, on my website semobuckets.com. It's just it's just one of those things where you're just like. Come on, man. Like, just just step up and play the way you can. Don't run around and shoot a three and then just do that. Like, no one cares. No one cares, Steph. We all know you can shoot the three. No one cares that you think that you're this good as what you do. We all know you're the best shooter in the NBA. We all know that. You can't do much else other than that. But you're 11-0. It's awesome. It's amazing. I want to see what they can do this week. Their tough part of their schedule is going to start coming up here in the next week or so. And I'm curious to see how this team can react to that and see how they can react to a loss. And, and then after they lose a game, how will they do when they start to struggle? Because eventually this team will struggle. Eventually. It's like every other team in the NBA. We're seeing it right now with the Rockets. We're seeing it right now with the way Atlanta's playing. We're seeing it right now with the way Portland's playing. Every team is going to struggle in the NBA at some point. No one is going to play perfect basketball throughout the year. It's not going to happen. Golden State is going to struggle. And once we see them struggle and we see how they bounce back and play stretches of struggling in basketball games, that's when we'll know what kind of team they are. Right now, we just see them as what they're doing at their best. They're playing their best basketball right now. And if this is their best basketball right now, getting an overtime victory over the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets, and, yeah, they're 11-0, but you can't win games 
in overtime against bad teams. Brooklyn's a bad team. They are. They're one and nine. They're a bad team. I think they can still have a chance to win a lot of games, as in, you know, from here on out. They can win 30 games from here on out and be a 31-win team. I can see that. But, you know, it's one of those things where, again, look, you got to dominate these kind of teams, and they didn't. They just didn't. And I'm talking about from a consistent perspective. And we're not a point in the, at a point in the season where we can talk about consistency. We're still early on, and we're seeing trends. But we don't have, we don't have a large enough sample size to say, okay, they're consistently going to win, you know, eight out of, out of nine or eight out of ten. That's not what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a team that's getting off to a hot start and playing well. That happens in the first 11 games of the year. I've seen it as a Spurs fan. I've seen it as watching the NBA over the last five, ten years. You can get off to a hot start. It doesn't mean much coming later on in the year. So let's all kind of calm down about this Golden State Warrior uh, thing that's going on. They're playing great. I'm not sitting here knocking them and saying they're not playing great. They're playing great, but they're not playing well enough to have me say still, yeah, they're going to win champ- They're going to win a championship. I mean, they're making, they're, they're making me believers every day. Don't get me wrong. They're making me believe more and more every day. But I'm still not on the bandwagon of thinking they're going to win the back-to-back NBA title. Okay, so to recap the Sunday games, we've got, we got some more Sunday games to talk about. New Orleans lost to New York, 95-87. Again, New York's playing outstanding basketball. Anthony Davis in the Mecca, three whiteboard-worthy performances for Sunday, and one of those was Anthony Davis. 36 points, 11 rebounds, and four blocks. 51 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. An outstanding performance from him. Again, as his team loses, they're 1-9 as well in this early part of the season again. They're not dead. They got a lot of chance to come back. Again, once they get healthy and they start figuring themselves out, I mean, think about it. They're only four games back of an eighth spot. I mean, that's all they got to do is just play a solid couple weeks of basketball and they'll find themselves right back in it. Apparently Tyreek Evans is going to come back here in the next week or so, and that's really going to help their chances of winning ballgames because he's really going to help them find a way to find themselves and play their identity of basketball. Um, Another game from Sunday night. Again, the litmus test, Memphis beating Minnesota. I talked about that earlier, 114-106, to 106, a big-time win for Memphis. Again, they're still 5-6. and six. They're out of a playoff spot right now. They'll find themselves back in it and sooner than not, I can guarantee you. Portland, again, could not quite get it done over Charlotte. Charlotte getting the win, 106-94. to, one, to 94. Charlotte, again, when they put the game, they put together their best games, they, they're pretty much unbeatable against bad teams. They are. They're, they're unbeatable, and that's what they can do. We talked about the Utah-Atlanta game, Utah getting the win, 97-96. In that Portland-Charlotte game, I forgot to mention, Nicholas Batum, when he playing, playing his former team, by the way, in the Portland Trailblazers, had a whiteboard with the performance, 33 points, six assists, and five rebounds. That's pretty much a statement whiteboard with the performance. That's what you want to get. Again, a benchmark, 50. That's what he got in that one, and that's why Charlotte got the victory, or one of the big reasons why they got the victory. Boston got the win, 185. I mentioned that earlier. I did the postgame show on that. If you want to check that out on CLNS Radio, go ahead, be my guest. Check it out. Corey Prescott and I had a pretty in-depth look at that team and at that game and at their game for tonight, which we'll get to the preview here in just a moment. Toronto and Sacramento. This was another interesting game. Sacramento is having an outstanding year to this point. Again, 7-3 and three coming into this one, and they lost, to Sac- they lost to Sacramento, who, by the way, DeMarcus Cousins, I don't know if you've noticed, but he has gone crazy. He had performance of the night last night, 36 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 blocks. 55 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale as the Sacramento Kings beat Toronto in Sacramento 107 to 101. What's going on with the Sacramento team? I mean, again, Sacramento is not playing amazing. They came into this, you know, this three-game stretch one and four or one and seven, excuse me. They're now four and seven, beating Detroit, beating uh, beating a team in the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, that's not a 
tough win, but then they beat Toronto. Maybe there's something changing in the water in Sacramento. They had a players' meeting the other day. They're turning it around. They're making that effort to really make a concisive effort to try and win ball games. now. They're having some drama off the court, but on the court, they're putting together some monstrous performances. This was stuff I said in the preseason when we were making our predictions and talking about how this team can come away and how this team can figure themselves out. Sacramento is right now in a stretch where they are just at a point where they just want to dominate the league and want to just win ball games. That's where they're at right now. Four and seven. They're, they're, they're not in a playoff hunt. I don't think they're going to be in a playoff hunt, but they're a team that when they get hot like they are right now, get out of their way because they're going to beat everybody. They beat Detroit. They beat the, they beat the uh, Toronto Raptors. Again, a team that started off the season undefeated. Now they're, now they've, they've gone, they've gone two and four in their last six. So you're looking at, you're looking at a situation right now with the way the Sacramento Kings are playing. Again, three games in a row they've won. They've played outstanding in all those. Again, the defense is still not there, giving up 108 points per game, 107.9 to be exact. So still struggling from a lot of angles, but on the whole, looking very good over these last three games, really playing just, just, just again, DeMarcus Cousins going off. When he's on the floor, you're talking about a completely different team than without him. Again, in the next game, the last game of the night, Detroit – in L.A., again, I talked about how strange this game was earlier. It's just really odd. I wish I could have Andrew Norris on the line, and I wish I could talk to him about what happened in this, in this Los Angeles road trip. Did they eat some bad food? Did they eat some raw fish? Did something happen? Did Detroit, uh, L.A. getting their second win of the year again? They're now 2-8, and eight, and Detroit is now 5-5 five and five on this young season. So that's kind of your recap of the weekend. Oh, and one thing. We got a blowout city in college basketball. Again, I know it's a ranked team versus an unranked team, but you should never lose by the amount of points you score. You should never get doubled up. A team got doubled up in this one. Butler beat Citadel. Get this, people, 144 to 71. Yeah, you talk about just getting your butt wiped, handed to you, and getting absolutely dominated that's what happened in this one i mean butler just wiped the floor with them uh, and you would think by looking at the at the at the uh at the scoreboard that you know obviously butler played the way they played that they would get the you know that they, but that they would have oh no 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 that's citadel that was citadel citadel was the one that got dominated they got absolutely creamed in this one i think Citadel is still a solid ball club obviously but just butler with the way they've been playing the last five years They've kind of come from being that underdog like Gonzaga to now they're expected to be good. And winning a game like this, obviously against a bad opponent, but just purely just wrecking them shows that they're on a level to try and do something this year and be special. Okay, so that's kind of the recap of what happened over the weekend. We have one college game tonight that's worth watching. We have, and I'll preview it all right now for you, one college game worth watching tonight, and that is Baylor at Oregon. Number 20, Baylor at number 25, Oregon on ESPN2, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. If I had to pick a team, I would pick Baylor. I think Baylor's going to get it done in this one. They have proven to me over the last couple of years that they have a really solid ball club and a really solid philosophy on how to win games. Oregon has come out of nowhere. I believe they've, they've gotten better over time, but they're not Baylor. Baylor over the last couple of years has finally found a way to implement their strategy and their style and their size and their length on other teams in college basketball. They're going to get it done tonight. I think they're going to get a big win over Oregon in Oregon. Obviously, the rankings just came out for NCAA college basketball uh, today. Obviously, the first non-preseason rankings that came out today uh, in the world of college basketball. Uh, the top five, we'll just break them down real quick. North Carolina, Kentucky, 
uh, Maryland and Kansas Duke. Nothing's changed really from the first week, but then Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Wichita State, Gonzaga, Villanova, Arizona, Michigan State, Indiana, California, Utah, Vanderbilt. Notre Dame's at 18. Connecticut, 19. Baylor at 20, as I just mentioned. Purdue at 21. Butler at 22. LSU, 23. Michigan, 24. And Michigan's at 24. That's awesome. And then Oregon's at 25. So that's your situation right there in the AP Top 25. Obviously, it's not going to change that much in the first week when not everyone's going to play or play very many games. We'll start to see it change a little bit more now as we get into December. And once we get to conference play, you'll start to really see where teams should be ranked at. You're going to see some ranked games. There's going to be a ton of ranked games tomorrow on ESPN uh, on Tuesday. We'll get into those tomorrow, obviously, as we go in deeper into the college basketball week. Okay, let's get into this NBA schedule. There's six games on tonight in the NBA on a Monday, um, and there's some games I want to pick for you so that you can make them going. Okay, let's make these picks official. Let's get it going right now. Dallas at Philadelphia. Dallas is favored by eight and a half. Uh, you got to pick Dallas in this one. I think Dallas is going to cream and, and wipe the floor. They're six and four. I think they've won three in a row now. Dallas has. They played very well. They're going to get the win over Philadelphia. Philadelphia is going to drop to zero and eleven. Pacers and Bulls. Pacers have quite a bit of injuries coming into this one. They're they're some of their guys are just not feeling good. Miles Turner is out for the next four four weeks, month or so. Uh, and obviously, I think George Hill's out too with a with a bad back or whatnot. But the Pacers are are just they're playing well. But the Bulls have also played well. This is probably the game to watch for the night. This is probably the best game to watch for the night based upon the matchups and the situations that are, that are at hand. I think, that, I think that this is going to be the best game to watch. I'm definitely going to have it on at my work. Uh, Chicago will be uh, is favored by six. I would take Chicago in that one. I think they're going to get it done, and they're going to get the victory. Celtics at Rockets. This is another interesting matchup if you're just into kind of drama and where the Celtics could be, and especially from here on the CLNS point of view. This is an interesting game because the Celtics are 5-4. and four. They're playing really good basketball as of late. They've beaten two really good teams in Atlanta and Oklahoma City. This is the second game of a back-to-back. This will be a litmus test for the Celtics from the standpoint of can they compete with two contending teams in the Western Conference on back-to-back nights. The Rockets have been struggling. They're looking to bounce back. They're favored by five. I would take the Celtics plus five on this because I think the Celtics will keep it close even if they lose. But if they get the victory, don't be shocked and don't be shocked if I told you so that the Celtics might get the win tonight and go to six and four. The way the Rockets have been playing is not anything special. They haven't done really anything great. James Harden's been playing outstanding basketball. But outside of him, everyone – and James Harden's – excuse me, Dwight Howard's been playing well too. But outside of those two guys, it's kind of just been a really a lackluster performance. And if this Rockets come out and play the kind of defense that they've been playing uh, over these last couple of games, the way the Celtics have been playing, the Celtics are going to get the victory tonight. It's just going to be that simple. Take the Celtics in this one. Give them the five. They got the plus five on that. Take them and get that and get that money. Thunder and Grizzly. This is an interesting game from the standpoint of the Grizzlies have a much better big man situation. But considering the way the Thunder played last night, Grizzlies are favored by two and a half. I think the Thunder will find a way to get the victory tonight, and I think Russell Westbrook will go off again. He's averaging 25, 10, and 8 this year so far in the first 10 games. That's an MVP stat line right there by itself. I think the Thunder tonight, considering the lack of scoring that the Grizzlies have, I think that's what's going to keep the Grizzlies in this game is the big men. But outside of that, the Thunder have so many guys that can come off the bench and score. And especially after last night and getting annihilated in the fourth quarter against the Celtics, the Thunder will find a way to come in and absolutely dominate the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are favored by two and a half. Take Oklahoma City plus the points. Seriously, take them in that one. They'll get the win, and they'll bounce back and get a victory. The last two games on the schedule, Trailblazers at Spurs. Trailblazers are in San Antonio. 
Damian Lillard, I think, is going to keep this game a little bit closer than it is. The, the, the line is favored 12 points to the Spurs. I think Trailblazers are going to keep it close. They're going to keep it like eight, eight, or, eight or seven. It's going to be a closer game than that. I don't think the Spurs dominate and blow them out. I think they win, but I don't think they're going to absolutely annihilate them and blow them out of the building. I think it's going to be a solid basketball game. Watch for the Spurs to win, but I think they don't win by as much. Take the points for Portland, plus 12 on Portland. And then the Lakers and Suns. Uh, Lakers are favored by, or, or excuse me, the Phoenix Suns are favored by 11 and a half. I think the Lakers can keep it closer. I think they can keep it closer, especially after playing a good game against Detroit last night, getting a pretty solid victory. I would not be shocked if the Lakers came in and found a way to keep it close. I don't think they win. I think Phil, I think the way Phoenix's two guard situation is going on with with Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight, I think that the Phoenix Suns are going to win this ball game. But I don't think they're going to win by more than 12. That's not going to happen. I can see it being closer, a single digit game. Give the Lakers the points. Give them the 11 and a half. But I think, again, Phoenix wins the ball game. That's your preview for tonight. NBA, one big game in the West in the, uh, in the college basketball. Obviously, you got the Monday Night Football tonight if you want to watch that, Houston and Cincinnati. Um, but, again, uh, that is our show. Again, if you want to listen into our show uh, for tomorrow, it'll be episode 12, November 17th, 2015, Tuesday. Should be a shorter show. Hopefully, Andrew will be here. But if not, it's totally cool, and we'll find a way to work around it. We did it today. We found a way to get it done today, and we got it done. Again, we've got about a minute left in the show. Again, show tomorrow, November 17th, 2015, episode 12. Yes, we will be here. We will be at the same time, 11 a.m. Expect it. It's not going to be as big of a show, obviously, recapping the night in college basketball and NBA. And then a big-time preview for college basketball for Tuesday night. We have some big-time matchups in the world of college basketball for Tuesday night. Two major-ranked opponents playing each other, um, and then maybe a couple other games as well. And then obviously we'll recap and preview the NBA for you on that as well. And any other big-time stories? We should have players of the week coming out here shortly. Um, Obviously, the new rankings in the college basketball world has come out, but we should have the – we should have – Players of the Week come out sometime today, and we'll talk about those tomorrow as well. Thank you again for listening. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you tomorrow.